Hello, it's Billy Reeves here. Welcome to the K-Scope podcast number 145. In this edition, new music from The Pineapple Thief, new music from Marius Dudart, and Tesseract, and a little reminder of our Record Store Day specials. But first, new music from Envy of None, the new band and debut self-titled album from Alex Lifeson of Rush, Andy Curran of Coney Hatch, Studio Avatar Alfio, Anne Balini, and vocalist Maya Winner. It's out now, this album, this... Is never said I love you.
That's what it's called, Never Said I Love You, Envy of None, from the eponymous album out now. We're going to hear from Maya, then Alf, and finally Alex, but first Andy Curran. And I asked Andy to start with how Envy of None got involved with K-Scope in the first place. Uh, A very good friend of mine, Ivor Hamilton, who works in Toronto, used to be a DJ on the radio station CFNY that played probably the first alternative music here in in Toronto. Ivor and I uh, have been friends for a very, very long time. And he introduced me to uh, Ian. Uh, when I when I first met Ian, he was working on the John Mayall box set, I believe that that um, Snapper Snapper K Scope were releasing. So he knew that Alex Lifeson was a big fan of um, John Mayall. So he sent me the box set, asked me if I would share it with Alex Lifeson, which I did, and he was blown away. And we just started talking about the label and and everything that that K Scope and Snapper were doing, and and it seemed like a really really cool boutique little family label, almost like what Anthem Records was for many years in Toronto with Rush. So when it came time to actually look for a potential partner and somebody that might actually be interested in releasing the Envy of None record. We thought about K-Scope and, and Snapper. Um, Alex was familiar with them because he knows Stephen Wilson. They're good friends. And I think the Porcupine Tree you know, connection and relationship was something that we, we spoke about early and thought, geez, th- this could be a cool place for Envy of None. It was pretty evident to us right after the first telephone call that this was a real real record label that cared about music that there was no discussions about we're looking for a hit or we want to be it's you know we hope we've got something that's on the top of the charts or anything like that and they were just very complimentary and super enthusiastic about working with us uh, i think obviously the alex lifeson connection and and having him involved in the project was a big plus for them and quite honestly, it just felt like the right place for us. And, and fast forward, having worked with them, they're just such a fantastic little family and label over there. We had been stockpiling away ideas for, geez, probably five or six years. And um, just serendipitously, I was asked to judge an online talent, uh, radio talent contest. And um, they basically asked me if I would listen to 10 songs and rate them from one to 10, one being my favorite, 10 being my not least favorite, but you know, my 10th favorite and, um, send my answers off. And then, uh, later on, once the, uh, contest was wrapping up, they asked me if I would be available to have a mentoring call from a music industry expert. Now who the hell dubbed me a music industry expert? I have no idea, but I graciously accept it. And fast forward, the um, person that I was going to be talking to on a Zoom call and mentor them and give them some advice was none other than our lovely lead vocalist, Miss Maya Wynn. I believe she was 21 at the time. And um, prior to the call, I asked her to send, uh, send along four songs. And out of the four songs, it was one that particularly interested me. And it was it was very different from the other ones that she had written. Um, the, some of the, the beautiful vocal harmonies and some of the, 
um, just layering and melody line ideas uh, that that everybody hears on Envy of None. Um, they were evident in this one song that she she had sent me. So I asked her, um, you know, how she wrote that song and and what the heck was going on there. Anyway, she mentioned um, that the person that she had written this song with had uh, moved away and uh, she was no longer in contact with them. And somehow the conversation eventually got on to, would I be interested in working with her? And I think I had told her that I'd been working on these ideas with Alfana Bellini. So long story short, I ended up um, quite surprised that, that the conversation went down that road. And um, I sent her off some very Spartan ideas, some of them only as long as maybe two minutes, some of them 30 seconds. I think I sent off maybe a half a dozen of them and said, whichever one you like, start working on it.
talk to me about the division of labor in Envy of None. I would say that everyone kind of had their own specific job on the record that was pretty much consistent throughout the whole process. Um, Andy and Alf worked on a lot of those original song instrumental ideas together and they sent me a big folder of them and I just listened to them and looked at the song title and then I would write lyrics and sort of base it on what was already there and occasionally in a few of the songs Andy would already have a couple of words or just a, a few short lyric ideas and that would also help me have an idea of where to take the rest of the song. Um, and then I would copy and paste certain sections of the song that felt like, oh, this is the verse, this is the chorus, and I would extend the instrumental, write out all of the lyrics and vocal melodies, and sort of complete the, the song and send it back. And then they would add more instrumental layers and ideas, and that's usually when Alex would add his guitar layers, and that would just really make it feel full and added all of these textures behind everything that was happening and dancing around everything, and it really just made the tracks feel really full and beautiful at the end of the process. Um, there were a few songs that had a different process. Um, Alex had a few instrumental tracks that he had already finished and released. And for those, I just listened to it and looked at the song title and added vocals and lyrics that fit with what was already there. Um, and then there was one song called Old Strings that I wrote and I had recorded the whole thing already and I just sent it to those guys and they stripped out some of the instrumental layers, simplified it, and then just kept the synth layers that I had and my vocals and then added other synths and other instrumental ideas and, and the guitars on top of that. And it turned out really beautiful. And I don't really think we had to critique each other throughout the process much. I think it was really that we had already critiqued ourselves <laughs> a lot because we were producing our own sections. You know, we were all recording and producing in our own studios and we had the time to sort of throw away all of the bad takes and the bad ideas and experiment so that by the time we were sending each other tracks, everything was really, usually really good. Um, you know, of course, we didn't use every single track. They would whittle it down. Alf and Andy would go through that process and take out anything that didn't work. But for the most part, we didn't really have to critique each other. Of course, we were honest with each other if there's anything we didn't like. But thankfully, that didn't really happen much. It was mostly just positive and and we were enjoying all of the contributions that everyone contributed to the project so alf did the pandemic hold things up by the time the pandemic hit we had only really done i think three actual recording sessions one with tim oxford uh to record his drum part uh a couple with maya to record vocals and on those same sessions we did some drums in hamilton so there wasn't really a lot of studio um recording going on for this project to begin with and so by the time the pandemic hit, we'd already sort of established a way of working because we're in such diverse areas and so far apart. So exchanging files made the most amount of sense. And when the pandemic hit, really nothing changed. We just kept working. Alex, Andy, and I all live in Ontario. So when it came to the pandemic, you had directives coming from both the federal government and some coming from the provincial government. And, you know, there's going to be critics and there's going to be missteps because let's face it, I don't think there's a playbook for this and they're just trying to do the best that they possibly can. And I really do believe that, but we're not out of the woods. It's still here. Um, it's people are still going into the hospital. People are still getting sick. So it's an ongoing process. And I just hope that, you know, they continue to make decisions that keep everyone's health in in mind and make that the biggest priority yeah man so alex finally from you then is there going to be an envy of none too i don't know i think maybe there's a good chance that we're going to continue writing 
I do have a folder on my uh, desktop that Andy sent of some ideas for Envy of None 2, or as we like to call it, Eon number two. Uh, we've all spoken about the, um, the pleasure that we've had working together and how fruitful it was. Um, and I don't, I don't see why we wouldn't continue. It was, um, it was a real treat to work together as a team. Uh, we shared files and we all were involved in every aspect of it. And it was really a very, uh, democratic, uh, setup that we had. Everybody worked, everybody shared. Uh, it's all together, all for one, one for all. Um, I think that doing another record soon would actually make sense. We seem to be on a flow in terms of ideas and how we how we hear the material of Envy of None um, and the quality of the the recording and mixing, uh, there's a certain something about it that we really, really uh, enjoyed. Uh, so I guess uh, we'd, we'd definitely jump back into it. I know that I'd love to, and Andy would, and Maya's mentioned that she's up for it too, and, uh, and of course Alf would be, so why not? Let's see. Let's see what happens. Thank you. 
entitled Liar. Before that, you heard Look Inside. Before that, Never Said I Love You. A brand new video for that on the K-Scope YouTube channel. The eponymous Envy of None LP is out now in all formats, including the special edition featuring a blue vinyl LP, two CDs, second disc including bonus tracks, remixes, instrumentals, a 28-page book with lyrics and a track-by-track song guide by the band. My huge thanks to Alex, Andy, Alf and Maya for their time. Envy of none. Marius Dudar up next. This is entitled News from the World.
Marius Dudar of Riverside and Lunatic Souls. Three electronic albums, collectively the Lockdown Trilogy, Lockdown Spaces, Claustrophobic Universe and Interior Drawings coming out as a four disc CD book set containing all three albums, artwork by Heijo Muller text and unique photos plus an additional fourth disc entitled let's meet outside which features new material prepared especially for this edition and the vinyl editions of the albums from the trilogy will begin with interior drawings which you can get on either orange or black vinyl from which that piece news from the world is taken the four disc and 48 page lockdown trilogy book set and the vinyl edition of interior drawings both out on the 20th of may marias duda Kscope did a couple of picture discs for Record Store Day, still available now if you shop around. Manson's Attack of the Grey Lantern was one, and Tesseract's Polaris the other. This, from the latter, is Dystopia.
Tesseract from Polaris. That's entitled Dystopia. Now, the band recently released a double A-side in support of the Disasters and Emergencies Committee for Ukraine. Check out kscopemusic.com for details. Hopefully, you'll see them at one of the European festivals that they'll be gracing in the summer. And they're at Arctangent on the 20th of August. Amos has been teasing what the new album is sounding like on his socials. Heavy, basically. In other news, our friend John Gom has recently announced a German tour for September. John has pledged his support to a small charity, the Swan Song Project. He's agreed to be their first ambassador. The Swan Song Project helps people facing the end of their life to write and record an original song. Uh, Swansongproject.co.uk The Osric Tentacles vinyl remastered reissues continue to regularly pop up on the virtual shelves and the wooden shelves throughout May. One a week. Uh, Jurassic Shift on the 6th, Pungent Effulgent on the 13th, Strangitude on the 20th and Arborescence on the 27th. A gong featuring the hardest working man in showbiz covers Turabi, a touring Europe in September, plus they're doing some festival dates. Love Summer Festival in Plimpton, Devon on the 7th of August, and on the 13th of August, gong perform at the Guru Guru Festival in Obersulzen in Germany. And the Pineapple Thief are out in America right now throughout May and June. I spoke to Bruce Sword before they departed. You can hear that chit-chat in the next K-Scope podcast. Fascinating it is too. Much of it was about their rewired project, Give It Back, a new album coming out on the 13th of May. So from that, here's the Pineapple Thief dead in the water. See ya. Stay safe now. Oh, 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 oh,
Except for my 